Well, I will be a soldier brave and true and ever firmly take a stand as I homeward go and daily meet the foe. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Come on now. Well, Jesus, hold my hand. Oh, yes, I need thee every hour. This pilgrim land, oh, Lord, protect me by thy saving power. Hear my feeble plea, oh, Lord, look down on me. And when I kneel in prayer, I hope to meet you there. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. And when I wander through that valley, dim toward the setting of the sun, oh, lead me safely to the land of rest by a crown of life. Have a war. Well, I have put my faith in Thee, dear Lord. Reach that golden strand. And there's no other friend on whom I can depend. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Sing it. Well, Jesus, hold my hand. I need Thee every hour. This pilgrim land protect me by thy will hear my feeble plea. Oh Lord, look down on me, and when I kneel in prayer, I hope to meet you there. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Let's sing that song together. I found the way that leads to endless day. Is that the same key, brother? I think it is. Well, I have found the way that leads to endless day yonder in the glory land. Well, the road is bright for Jesus is the light and I hold his guiding hand well I have found the way oh I found the way oh glory hallelujah well I found the way I will never fear while Jesus is so near I will bravely meet the foe And happy songs I'll sing In honor of the King And to glory onward go Will I have found the way I have found the way Oh glory, hallelujah Will I have found the way To the journey's end Led by a faithful friend Nevermore in sin to roam By the way called straight I'll reach the golden gate Of the hope 
eternal home Will I have found the way Yes, I have found the way, oh, found the way that leads to endless day yonder in that glory land. And the road is bright for Jesus is the light, and I hold His guiding hand. Will I have found the way? found the way, oh glory, hallelujah, yes I have found the way, and I will never fear while Jesus is so near, I will bravely meet a foe, and happy songs I'll sing in honor of the King and to glory onward go. Last time now, will I have found the way? Yes, I found the way. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Yes, I have found the way. I'm in this church. I'm in this church. This glorious church I didn't join No, I was born I've had a new birth Some glorious day Gonna sell away It's by His grace Not by my works I'm in this church And I'm in this church This glorious church I didn't join No, I was born I've had a new birth Some glorious day gonna sail away it's by his grace not by my work i'm in this church oh if you love him praise him amen i'm gonna keep pressing on musicians let's sing that one amen i'm gonna keep pressing on i'm gonna keep pressing on come on now i'm gonna keep pressing on to the higher calling of my lord say that again now well i'm gonna keep pressing on that's right i'm gonna keep pressing on yes to the higher calling of my Lord. Now the verse. Well, Satan tries to stop me, oh, and turn me aside. Ain't no use for you to go on, boy. Why do you even try? And even if there was a rapture, you never make it in. I just tell him, Satan, it only proves you're a liar again. Cause I'm gonna keep pressing on. That's right. Glory. I'm gonna keep pressing on. Yes. Oh, I'm gonna keep pressing on. 
to the higher calling of my Lord. Sing the verse again. Well, Satan tried to stop me or turn me aside. Ain't no use for you to go on. Boy, why do you even try? And even if there was a rapture, you know, naked in him. I just tell him, Satan, it only proves you're a liar again. And I'm going to keep pressing on. Oh, glory. Yes, I'm going to keep pressing on. Yes, I'm going to keep pressing on to the higher calling of my Lord. Once again, the course. Well, I'm going to keep pressing on. Hallelujah. I'm going to keep pressing on. Well, I'm going to keep pressing on to the higher calling of my Lord. Amen. I trust you'll keep pressing on, saints. Man, what a wonderful song. Let's sing this little song together. Let the worshipers arise. Key of F, please. Let the worshipers arise. If y'all could pull that up. Well, Father, I can see that you were drawing a line in the sand. And I want to be standing by your side. We're holding your hands, so let your kingdom come. We'll let it live in me. This is my prayer. This is my plea again. Well, Father, I can see that you were drawing. Yes, a line in the sand, and I want to be standing by your side. Oh, holding your hand, so let your kingdom come. And let it live in me This is my prayer This is my plea Let the worshipers arise Oh, let the sons and the daughters see Oh, I surrender Him my all I surrender to the King Father, I can hear it growing louder. It's the song of the redeemed as the saints of every nation are awakening to sing. And from our hearts there comes an anthem. Oh, hear the heavens ring. This is our song, a song to our King. Let the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters sing, yes, I surrender Him my all, I surrender to the King. Let the worshipers, oh, let the worshipers rise, yes, let the sons and the daughters sing. I surrender Him my all. Oh, I surrender to the King. Let 
Let the worshipers arise. Say it again now. Let the worshipers arise with all your hearts now. Let the sons and the daughters sing. Yes, I surrender him my all. I surrender to the King. Amen. We just want to surrender to him today. And just whatever's on our hearts, whatever's troubling us, and we just want to pour ourselves out on the altar, amen, and just let him take complete control. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Let's just turn our hearts to the Lord now in a mode of prayer, <clears throat> bearing our brothers and our sisters' needs as the musicians play. Amen. A song there just to set a proper atmosphere as we approach him. Amen. Uh, if you'd remember, Brother uh, Ernest Fulcher in prayer, I have a note here that says that he fell. So if you would keep him in your prayers, God would touch his body. And uh, if you'd remember uh, Brother Ben, uh, Ben and Rachel and Sister Angie, they're not with us right now. Not sure what that request is for, but we just want to remember them in prayer, whatever the need may be. Our Heavenly Father knows for sure. Amen. Uh, if you'll remember Ben and Sharon, uh, McCaffrey in, in prayer. And certainly we want to continue to remember the uh, Pew family and what they just recently went through. And my heart goes out to them, and we're certainly praying for them. And also for the Whitlocks, Sister Jackie um, needs a touch. She's dealing with some pain from, the, I guess, the wreck they went through there. And so if you remember her in prayer. And also, if you remember the Paschal family in prayer as well, um, just keep those needs on your heart. Amen. I'll have a prayer request here for... Uh, <clears throat> for Isaac Clayville says he will be having surgery tomorrow morning if you'll please remember him in prayer and so we'll certainly be praying for you son there brother Jeremy uh, brother Jonathan Mel if you'll come forward and take these needs to the Lord for us amen if you have unspoken prayer requests on your heart by the uplifted hands amen amen God knows your needs and he sees each and every one and we're going to pray with you let's pray Heavenly Father, we come again to your table this evening, Lord, a grateful people, acknowledging your greatness and thanking you for the testimony we heard this morning about Ruby Pugh, Lord, nothing short of a miracle, Lord. And we uh, give you thanks for that, Father. You're a mighty God. Your word is perfect. Lord, no matter what our need this morning, there were many, or this evening that there were many spoken, Lord. Your word is perfect, and it's... Uh, no need goes beyond the threshold of what you're capable of, Lord. So we bring them to you. You told us to bring them. Bring our burdens to you and lay them at your feet. You said, you that are heavy laden, come unto me and I'll give you rest. This morning, or this evening, Lord, once again, as we turn back the pages of your word, Lord, it's a precious word. And, but yet you, you know, it's perfect in every way, but it takes you to bring it to life. And once again, as we sit here and are in earnest and expectation of the word, may you reveal it to our hearts. We're vessels here. We ask you to mold us. We're, Lord, we are here as clay, Lord. And Father, just shape us into your image, Lord. Give the minister liberty this evening, Father, that he may speak, he may edify, he may 
um, give correction, whatever may be needed this evening, Lord, we're here, Father, and we thank you for this opportunity once again, and we pray that as the remainder of the service that you would take full control, you would receive our praise and worship. We, uh, we just give you honor and praise and thank you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Thank you, Brother Jonathan. You can have your seats. I'll have Brother Joe come up and he has a little song for us <clears throat> as he's making ready. We'll sing that song Sister Becky's playing. He is able more than able to accomplish what concerns me today. And he is able more than able to handle anything that comes my way. He is able Much more than I could ever dream. He is able, more than able, to make me what He wants me to be. I'm just so happy this evening. That was amazing service this morning. Um, Brother Barry said something uh, a couple months back that really spoke to me. He said uh, that we're not fighting for victory, but rather fighting from a position of victory. And just to know that we know the end result, the end, that gives me strength to overcome anything because we know the end. So it uh, inspired me to write this song. Mm-hmm. 
already won. I have a God who's King of all kings. My Savior is second to none. And I don't have to worry about finding a place. I'm identified with the sun. And sure, I'll have struggles that won't go away. It's just a part of this old skin of mine. But I have a Jesus who's got power in his name, who's bestowed me with grace divine. I'm not fighting for victory because victory's already won. I'm not fighting for victory because victory's already won. Already won Asking it will be Given to you Seek and you will Knock and it will be open to you. Victories already mine. Believe it, receive it. The devil has no authority, no sickness, no worry. God's already given me victory. No, no worry. The devil has no authority, no sickness, no worry. God's already given me victory. Mm-hmm. I'm not fighting for victory because victory's already won. I'm not fighting for victory because victory. Already one mm-hmm. already We're going to have the choir, if they'd be making their way forward. Uh, we're going to sing a little song as they're making ready. I stand in awe of you. You're beautiful beyond description. Too marvelous for words. Too wonderful for like nothing ever seen or heard who 
can grasp your infinite wisdom who can fathom the depths of your love you are beautiful beyond description majesty enthroned above will I stand I stand in all of you oh I stand I stand in all of you holy God to whom all praise is due I stand
start today. Yeah. Hallelujah. We appreciate the choir and, and Sister Laura and all that goes into that. Certainly, certainly are blessed with talent in the church and grateful that everyone is using that for the glory of God our Father. Amen. Let's stand. Amen. We're going to not take up any more time. We're going to invite Brother Barry to come forward. And uh, if the deacons will make their way to the front, uh, and we'll just take up our morning offering, <clears throat> or our evening offering, rather. Amen. And you just give as unto the Lord, knowing that your tithes and offerings go to further God's kingdom. Amen. Amen. Brother Chris Clayville, lead us in prayer, if you will. we could sing that song as brother Barry comes you deserve the glory amen doesn't he deserve the glory today hallelujah in all times you deserve the glory and the honor and Lord we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name. take your seats tonight. Appreciate all of you being here tonight. Musicians, we'll have you hang on just a sec here and uh, wanted to make a couple of very quick announcements here uh, before we proceed tonight. And uh, we welcome all of you here in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's certainly uh, been a special day, special weekend uh, for what God has done. And uh, as we mentioned this morning, we want to remember those folks that are away, uh, the drums and uh, the Whitlocks, they went back this afternoon. Sister Jackie had some discomfort because of the seatbelt issue this morning, having the accident they did. And uh, we certainly do want to continue to remember Sister Erica Reagan, Brother Burley, and the folks in Israel. There was a, uh, an attack this afternoon on Tel Aviv Airport, and uh, so things are not uh, calming down. They're escalating, and we certainly want to keep that uh, in prayer, as well as the drum, f- or the, sorry, the uh, pews and... Uh, Sister Ruby, and uh, we want to continue to hold them up in prayer. We're glad to have Sister Becky here uh, today. She's been uh, caring for her dad, and her dad had a fall uh, this week, later in the week, and um, he's dealing with acute kidney failure, and of course that uh, is a serious thing. 
and uh, he has some doctor's appointment tomorrow with a specialist tomorrow. And uh, we'd ask you, if you don't mind, just to continue to remember that. And we appreciate your concern, the texts and so forth that we've received uh, concerning his care. And um, it's just a season of life that we go through, and we want to do all we can for uh, our loved ones and our parents. Now, uh, this week uh, coming up is uh, wedding weekend. And uh, Tyler and Ashley are getting ready to... Well, just Tyler's here tonight, so you can pass this along. And uh, so we'd ask you to remember them in prayer this week as they pull things together uh, in the uh, last arrangements for marriage. But I want to say this uh, to you this evening, and I talked to them about this, and they gave me this little statement, and I wanted to pass this along to the church here. Uh, In the old days, uh, you know, when you had a wedding and did everything usually centered around a church and and, uh, a fellowship hall, Uh, Many times people would take a wedding invitation, pin it on the bulletin board, and everybody in the church was unilaterally, uh, officially invited. That's the way it used to be. And in in the old days, it was a lot more uh, of a reasonable cost to do something like that. And we certainly understand that. Tyler and Ashley, just like uh, when Maddie and Micah got married, they are getting married in a venue that is very limited in size. So I think 80 people max uh, are able to fit in that venue where they're getting married. Once they uh, have the ceremony, then they're coming back here to the fellowship hall and they've opened that invitation more broadly uh, because we can accommodate more people. But in the wedding venue itself, and that's why Everybody like to throw it out to the whole church and say, well, we pin it on the bulletin board and you had 150 people show up. Uh, family is not going to get in and, you know, it, it, it changes the, the, the situation for sure. So they drafted this little statement just to say that on behalf of uh, both of them, they wanted to thank everybody for their uh, thoughts and prayers and concern for them getting married on the upcoming weekend, but they wanted to let everybody know that due to the size of the venue and resources, unfortunately, they were not able to invite everybody to celebrate the exchange of vows in that wedding place. But they hope that everybody understands and uh, that uh, if they could, if the venue was large enough, certainly everybody would be uh, a part of that. But the reception is open. Am I, uh, am I being accurate? Okay, okay. And uh, so they just wanted to uh, say that to the church because it's, uh, it's it, these days, you know, with the size of the venue, it just makes a, a difference in the number of people that they can accommodate. So <clears throat> that's, uh, that's uh, where, where we're at, and they wanted to uh, say that to the church. So having said that, let's stand to our feet. And we're going to sing a chorus, and we're going to invite Brother Danny to come. And I'd just like to say that uh, we appreciate Brother and Sister Steeman and them taking the time. Brother Danny's a very uh, well-traveled minister and uh, in demand in lots of places. And uh, he's got another meeting later on this month with Brother Craig Boer up in Connecticut. And uh, we're honored to have him uh, to be able to come and spend this weekend with us. And I just really enjoy his fellowship, his balance in the Word, and I hope you have as well and uh, just you know a minister that you feel like you can really uh, learn something from and uh, be challenged in the word and and, uh, 
uh, I just I just appreciate uh, every time that he comes by. So, uh, having said that, we want to um, encourage you to put your feet under the table and pull on the gift, and uh, believe that God has something for us tonight. You believe that? Yeah. Amen. You're half the gift. So we want to just let the Holy Spirit have His way uh, among us tonight. So let's sing that little chorus in the presence of Jehovah, and uh, we'll invite Brother Danny to come and and uh, minister for us tonight. <clears throat> in and out of situations that tug of service and they'll all be in his presence. Amen. Nothing like the presence of the Lord. 
Amen. So God bless you this evening. I just want to say thank you. Amen. You're wonderful. Amen. Church to preach to. And, and uh, you know, preachers have to have somebody to preach to. So God bless you and, and, and your compliment to, to Brother Barry and Sister Rebecca. And we thank you for the invitation, brother. And God bless you. And certainly love the Lord. And we just all want to do our part. Amen. Just in our time that we're living in. And this is our time. Amen. Brother Bram said every prophet they could have chosen, they'd have loved to live in this time. And we look at it and say, why? But, you know, it's the most glorious hour because of what yeah. we're facing. We're facing yeah. the millennium. We're, we're, uh, we're being prepared to, to have a change of body. So it's a blessed hour. Amen. And, and God's not weak. Amen. He's, he's not losing. Amen. Everything is right on time. And, and God is in control and amen and he is the winner so and we're a part of him so god bless you let's bow our heads for a word of prayer if we can gracious heavenly father we love you this evening we thank you once again that we can come together like this and gather in your name lord and around the word that you have given us father and we just pray lord that what will be said and done will as the prophet said it, it say something that would plant courage and strengthen the hearts of your people father lord we want to magnify and lift up your name lord it's his name is above every name and tell you that we love you thank you for all you've done for us just today and in this weekend lord what you've done for this church father and lord how you've watched over Lord, and protected and, and delivered, Father, all the mighty things, Lord. You, that's, you are God, Lord, and, and we're so thankful, amen, to be in your care. Lord, we commit this service to you now. I pray that you take the preaching of it and the hearing of it, and Lord, may it be something that will be said that won't be left here, but be able to be taken home and, and remembered, Lord, and, and, and feed upon, for we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. 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 I I uh, just want to uh, continue with what we had ministered on this morning. We're going to title it the same thing. As a man is, so is his strength. Amen. And, and I believe that, <clears throat> amen, we're only as strong as what God has done and lives in us. And, um, and it's, his, it's his nature it is to take his people and to build them up and to establish them in, amen, the truth. As, as the scripture says, it be established in the present truth. Amen. Because this is what God has given us to live by. Amen. And so uh, he's the faithful God. How many know that? Let me say he's been faithful to you. Yes, he is. And so uh, we just love him. Amen. But our faith is tied to God. That's why the scripture says without faith it's impossible to please him. Amen. And so... When we've been talking about the story of Gideon, it highlights to us the prophecy, in prophecy, of the work of Jesus Christ and the strength of God that flowed through weakness. Amen. As the scripture said, in weakness are made strong. It wasn't the ability of, of Gideon, because Gideon's a coward. Amen. But it's God in the form, amen, of a man under a tree calling him a mighty man of valor. Amen. So let's turn to uh, Judges 6. And we're just kind of backtrack now from where we were. <clears throat> Amen. <clears throat> Judges 6. Once again, these are all very familiar to us and very familiar thing, uh, 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 story that Gideon has been preached on many times. But the, the truth of it and the principle of it and the revelation of it never gets old to us. 
Amen. And I believe there's always things that we can glean. I, I don't know. It might have been Brother Branham said it. I can't remember. Somebody said it that, you know, we should be miners. That we just try to mine over the scripture and, and get out of it. Amen. That God has all that he has. Amen. And if you're, you're like me, you know you'll be going through something in life and you go back and something you've read over and over and over will just pop out and magnify itself to you because God is giving you that strength you need to understand where you're at. So uh, I'm glad he's that way. Amen. Judges 6 and 1. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. And because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east. Even they came up against them and encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till thou come unto Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel neither sheep nor ox nor ass. Here we see there's a principle of the enemy that he always does, that he's, he's here to destroy any increase that God will give you. That's his principle, is to rob you, to steal from you, to, to take from you something that God gave you, something that you're to feed upon, something that your family is to live by and consist of. The enemy's always there to rob it. And that's his principle. <clears throat> Amen. And it says... For they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came up as grasshoppers from multitudes, for both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass, when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drave them out from before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. And there came an angel of the Lord and set under an oak which was in Oprah that pertained unto Joash the Abizite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us, and where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt, but now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites? And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hands of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? Amen. You can be seated. May the Lord bless the reading of the word. <clears throat> Amen. You know, Gideon asked a good question. And the question was, if the Lord is with us, why has this happened? And that's a good question to ask because there's things that, that can happen to us that, that, that God wants us to understand. Well, this is why that you're in a condition that you're in. And Israel, amen, at the very beginning of, uh, of the chapter, uh, it says they did evil in the sight of the Lord 
And the evil that they'd done was they had forsaken God and began to follow after Baal. And because of that, God delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. So this was not just, amen, a setback. This was uh, an occupation. And if you notice, the, the mind of the enemy is he doesn't come in to be friends with you. If he is, he's, he's telling you a lie. But he comes in to destroy what is there. That's his purpose. The Bible says they came to take the increase and also to destroy the land. That's why they were there. It was a, it was a hatred. It, it was a enmity. And, and, and so you begin to look at the word and say, well, why was, why was there this kind of enmity? Why was this, this kind of hatred? Because it seems to be unnatural to want to, to come in on somebody and destroy what they have and to destroy them. Amen. But this was the condition of, of, of Israel at that time. Now, I just, if you just bear with me for, for a little bit, it's important to know who the Midianites are. They are obviously the descendants of Midian. They're called Midianites. But Midian is the son of Abraham. He is the son of Abraham from his second wife or concubine, uh, Keturah. <clears throat> and the Bible says about uh, Keturah's sons that Abraham sent the sons from this relationship away from Isaac with gifts and sent them off to the east. I think it's a very important note to, to bring these things into focus that these are descendants of Abraham, those who have relationships with Abraham, but not according to the promise. There were people that were in range of the promise. They were people, obviously, that were affected by the promise, but they were not part of the promise. They even had relationship with the one God spoke to. So this is important to understand why there's, there's a certain kind of enmity there that just can't be bridged. And uh, so you'll find this nature... In every false doctrine, you'll find this nature in every move that is around or associated with the truth is they all have this in common is they lack the birth that Abraham was promised. But they were in contact with the one who was promised it. Cool, it can be a confusion. You see, well, well, I have relationship with Abraham, so why do I have not just as much right as you have to these things, why do I not have the same access Isaac has? Yeah. Amen. Both of them could say, my father's Abraham. Amen. But one was by promise, which is the election. Hallelujah. Amen. So you'll find it if you, if you study the scriptures. And I am by no means a great historian, but, but, but Midian begins to, to just pop up here and there in the scripture after they leave uh, Abraham, you'll find them mentioned as the ones who took Joseph and sold him to the Ishmaelites. And, and you'll notice they're also related to the Ishmaelites. Now you see, that the Middle East at that time was just one whole big family party. My, must have been great to have family reunions. Amen. And so they're, they're related to the Ishmaelites and you'll find them close relation to the descendants of Ishmael, for they all have this in common. Ishmael, the sons of Keturah, were all sent away from Isaac. 
So now there's a, there's a resentment there. We're, we've been sent away. But something about Midian is you'll find them most prominently in the time of Moses. And when Moses flees to Midian uh, from Egypt, he marries the daughter of a priest of Midian, Jethro. And he lives there until he receives his commission to go back to, to Egypt for the exodus. So, so at this time, Midian and Israel have friendly relations, actually strong ties. Uh, Numbers 10 tells us a Midianite acted as a guide for Israel in their wanderings in the wilderness. And they were, he was there on the invitation of Moses but something happened between Israel and Midian to rupture this relationship. And you can go back and find that rupture in Numbers 22. And there Balaam was involved by suggesting that one of the princes of Midian uh, use his daughter and connect her with a leader uh, in Israel. You know, Satan always attacks the leaders. And so, so much so that it ruptured, so much did that relationship rupture that, that it was the Midianite women which seduced Israelite men and resulted in a slaughter in which also Balaam was killed. Amen. The, the last battle that Moses would fight before God took him home was against the Midianites. And it was, God told him, vex the Midianites, for they vex you with their wiles. And it's the last battle that Moses actually oversaw before he, he left the scene. Paul tells us to put on the whole armor of God. Amen. That you may be able to withstand or to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Satan is always looking for ways to rupture relationships. So this is a major separation between two nations who are actually stepbrothers in relation. Satan is the master at destroying relationships. And the heart of the matter is to get at your relationship with God. Here first start on something surface, but his whole purpose, amen, is to come in and destroy what God has done. I don't think we should ever take it lightly. I don't think we should take any day lightly. Amen. Amen. So we see here that there has come a major rupture between Midian and Israel. And, and, and it comes with go-betweens. A Balaam who could, who could be hired out to either side. Who, who could speak for God or, or speak for someone else. Who could find fault with you or find something very good to say about you. <laughs> well, that's the kind of spirit that was, that was troubling Israel. And, and, you know, I love how, how the scripture says, you know, some of the most inspired scripture we have is words that Balaam said over Israel. Is that right? Brother Bam called it. Some of the most beautiful portions of scripture is what a, a hireling said about Israel. And it was actually inspired of God. Because God had told him, you're only going to say what I tell you to say. He held him in a place where a man was in bondage because of his lust for money. And, and, and he wanted that money, but yet he, he, he wanted to be used of God. That's a miserable place to be. Yeah. 
And so Balaam was in that kind of place. But when, when the enemy, Balak, the Midianites, uh, looked upon, uh, looked upon, or, or, or the Moabites or whoever it was, looked upon on Israel, they said, well, we can find places there. God will have to curse them. You'll have to curse them. But when, when Balaam looked upon them, God spoke through him and said, oh, how goodly are thy tents, O Jacob. And he blessed them. Why? Because even though there were flaws amongst the people, the shout of the king is in the camp. The message is there. The prophet is there. And where God is, there's a covenant. We're Abraham's seed. Amen. If it's Abraham's seed, the oath is on him, not on us. God made a covenant. It's not what you do. It's what I do. I have sworn I will take you in. Amen. So I'm going to move your life around and I'm going to bring it into a covenant relationship with me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. So, so, so we see that if there is not a birth, a real birth by a promise of God, these relationships will become schisms and stumbling blocks, especially in the spiritual. I believe, I believe if we have true birth, amen, that we can get over any obstacle with one another. If there's true birth in your family, amen, God has something to work with. Something that he can come and do things with. If a man has even had an experience with God in the past and then wanders off in sin, God has got something to talk to that he can remind them of and bring them back. That's why the Bible says, raise up your children in the way they ought to go. Amen, because when they're old, they're not to depart. Amen, what does that mean? It don't mean they won't wander out and sin, but what they've been taught will always be there and God will bring them back by what they have heard. Is that true? Brother Branham spoke about the man that robbed or stole the car, Brother Evans, and, and, and he went on later to explain. Well, they prayed. You know the story when they stood around and prayed and, and that car came back had half a tank of gas in it, which was as far as it had went and came back, went all the way to Bowling Green and came back and was parked on the street, amen, and, and so forth. And Brother Bam said that boy had been a, raised in a Christian home, then got in the wrong crowd and ran with these gangs, amen, but what was it? The Holy Spirit, when he came to that boy, amen, that the prophet had prayed and the Holy Spirit went out to enforce that prayer, amen, that the Holy Spirit had something to work with in that person. Now that's why we never give up as parents. Never give up. No matter how far your children have wandered or went away, you rest upon what God has promised because his word is our strength. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. So now here we have this schism and the next we hear of Midian is the scripture we read. They're oppressing Israel for these seven years in Judges 6, Midian was the main figure against Israel at this time. Amen. Friend, relative, but not born of the same promise. And these men that leave the promise will be friends for a while, but then they can become enemies, just like the Balaamites that comes among them. And the spirit of Balaam is always looking for someone to teach. Always looking for someone to teach. We notice these spirits are in the church ages, right? Amen. You, you see the Nicolaitan. You see the spirit of Balaam and, and, and the spirit of Jezebel. All of them. Brother Bam said, these are not three different spirits. They're the same spirit as they move from depth to depth in the church. 
And they take on these characteristics. Isn't it something that Satan, amen, can lead you into a bondage and then he'll start teaching you about it and then he'll seduce you with it. You see how he uses bondages from different levels. Something you can start in something. Oh, you know, I shouldn't be gone this way. But then he'll start teaching you it's going to be okay. And then he'll seduce you. It moves from depth to depth. But there's a strength that's counter of that. It's called the Word of God. And no matter what depth, amen, that person may be in, the Word of God can reach the farthest places. I've seen him do it. Seen the Word take take people I know you have too and, and clean them up and bring them out of places. Amen. We can find the same kind of thing in the book of Acts. Amen. And in chapter 19 in Ephesus, and you see there was, there was things happening there, and, and, and I believe a, an evil spirit was cast out. Amen. God using Paul. And the Bible says it was known to all the Jews and the Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them, and the name of the Lord was magnified. You know, that's what should happen every time God does something. Like what we heard this morning about little Ruby and all that. God, let the name of the Lord be magnified. This was not a chance thing. This was God. Amen. Don't let the human element, you know, well, maybe she wasn't really right. You know how Satan will try to get in there? He'll try to detract from what God actually did. Amen. Because he don't like you to believe that God is that much involved. He is that much involved. He's walking in the midst of the church. And, and, uh, and so it says the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified and many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. And many of them also which used curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. That word grew is increased. The word of God increased and the word of God prevailed. That word prevail means it, it, it was strong. It had ability. It had power. The word of God became powerful. What did it become powerful? When the things that was in, in their life that they were drawing from, these curious arts, these books and things that they had there that actually hindered the work of God, Amen. When they confessed those and gave them back or, and they burnt them or sold them and, and got all that money for them. Amen. The word began to grow when they made space for the word. The word does the same in your life. If you make space for him, he will grow. He'll become strong. That's the purpose of the word. Amen. You are right this evening. All right. Let me go back to where I was here now. Amen. So, as Midian, Midian uh, as, has now joined forces, when we read, read there in Judges 6, they join forces with Amalek. Who's Amalek? Amalek is Esau. And the children of the east, which was Ishmael. So, so this is all a confederacy uh, of relation. And they have gathered, amen, together against Israel. This is what Satan is great at doing the most damage with in the spiritual. Uh, Jesus refers to it when he says that a, that a spirit will leave a, a person, leave a human, leave his house. This is, what, this is what the spirit is referring to, that human he's calling my house. This is my house. That's his value of you, a place to stay, his value. 
Now, Jesus don't call you his house. He says you're a temple. There's different in value. More value in a temple than there is a house. God calls you his temple. That's the value he puts upon you. Satan calls you his house. And, and he calls you his house. And Jesus said, he'll return after wandering. And if the house has not put something in it, if he's just cleaned up, but he has not, if the goodman of the house is not there, he'll go and take seven more spirits wicked than himself and will return. Brother Branham would point this out when he speaks of demons crying out for help. Amen. Brother Branham could see when a sickness over here, the spirit of it would call out for help and and the someone with the same spirit and he'd call it crying out for sympathy and he'd actually see a dark streak connecting one person to another and it'd be the same disease upon these people. And and if this person, they were trying to strengthen themselves at the hour of battle when deliverance was being spoken, amen, to these people that were sick They were trying to strengthen themselves and hold on and defeat the situation. Amen. So now they, what exposed them was the word. It exposed them. Amen. And and, um, so they begin to cry out for help. And so they're trying to keep their hold by a confederacy. They knew they, well, I can't do it by myself. You ought to understand. Sometimes you think you can't make it. The very one who's afflicting you knows he can't make it. And, and if you understand the power that is in you to overcome that, he knows once you realize the, the framework within, in the framework of the church, the two spirits that are there, if you realize it and realize you can do the greater works, that he will be just as defeated, amen, as Satan was when Jesus met him in the wilderness. I love, I love how, how God, amen, shows us what happened with Jesus in the wilderness. Amen. For immediately after he received the Holy Ghost, the Spirit led him up into a place where he fasted. And after 40 days, the enemy came to him. You know, the enemy don't, he don't come to you so much uh, when, you're, when you're here and praising the Lord and raise your hand or singing in the choir. Yeah. He doesn't do that. He, amen. He waits till, till you become weak. And Jesus was at his weakest, 40 days. You know, and, and, and he was hungry. And the Bible says afterward he was hungry. Then the tempter came unto him. There's something he knows exactly when to start talking to you. And he began to talk to him and, and begin to say, now, now Jesus, we, could, we can say it, amen, and, and, and realize it's the truth, was the most gifted man to ever walk the earth. Amen. But the prophet said he never used one of his gifts. Amen. To defeat the enemy there. Amen. But he only spoke the word. Why? He was so interested in the weakest Christian. You know, God will give Brother Barry a gift or he'll give another man a gift. But there, there'd be people in here said, well, I, I can't do that or I can't talk like that or I, you know, who, who am I? And you feel like you have no gift at all. Amen. But you have the word. Amen. And Jesus spoke to that situation without using one gift. He used two places in Scripture to defeat the devil every time. Out of the same book, he never used Genesis, Leviticus. Amen. He never used Joshua. He never used none of the prophets. He only used Deuteronomy, which was a prophet, of course. But he never used. De- uh, he only used Deuteronomy and defeated the Satan every time he came to him. Amen. Showing us how to overcome. The word is our strength. 
Amen. The word is nigh thee. Even in thy mouth. God wants you to use it. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. So when Brother Bannon would point this out and speak of demons crying out for help, and they are trying to keep their hold by confederacy, uh, Legion was called that because he said, we are many. It was a confederacy of, of demons. And so this battle between Gideon's men and this large force, is actually a quarter million of people against this small army of 300 men. And that 300 men was not by Gideon's choice. It was by God's choice. You know, sometimes we get disturbed about people leaving and don't realize it's God. I think, we, I think we need to learn from scriptures, not from Google. That it's God. We get so shook up when we hear, oh, so-and-so said this, and he's over here. And we, Do you have an answer for it? Let's just look what the Word said. What did the Word say about it? And, and we'll find it right here. Amen. And, and you see, amen, this battle between Gideon's men and this quarter million uh, confederacy of the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the children of the east is not minor, but it'd be one that would be referred back to in the book of Psalms and in Isaiah and in Habakkuk. And the impact of a victory's influences and, and inspires is, is referred to in, in the scripture as the day of Midian. The day of Midian. Did you know Isaiah was referring to that time in reference to what they would experience under the victory from the coming Messiah? And for it's in the next couple of verses of Isaiah 9 where it's referenced that Isaiah says, 9-4, that you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder and the rod of his oppressor as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warriors with confused noise and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order and to establish it with the judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So Isaiah is pointing back to the day of Midian with Gideon and pointing forward to show you the kind of victory that was coming under the promise of Messiah. Amen. Uh, someone coming forth against overwhelming odds and defeating them in a way that man has not thought of. But God has already planned. A way that would finish the power of sin and the power of death and take it captive. Hallelujah. Amen. So this is a familiar quote to you um, in the message contest. But Brother Branham speaking on spiritual wickedness in high places and, and, he, and he spoke on the message of contest. He said contest is a test of strength. And the, he talked about the Indians. They would put a fire in the middle and put so many in. They'd have a tug of war on each side. And, and the tug of war which would be the contest of strength would pull the losing 
party across the fire. And so he spoke about that. He said, the greatest contest there is, is between the church and Satan. He said, it's the great strength of Satan and the great strength of God in his church. He said, the contest has been going on for many years. Started in heaven, Satan's kicked out onto the earth. And then he became an enemy to God's people. And since then, he's used all of his strength and his strategy to try to pull God's people into his fires. We know God has the most power. And God, he gave his people the best thing he could to combat Satan with. And that is his word. Amen. Because the word of God and who is stronger than God. Nobody's stronger than God. And he gave his word. So the word is God. And listen here. The word. And why don't you just say this with me. Listen here. Okay. Now maybe I know that food is just now starting to digest. I understand. I'm, I'm with you. But this is a good one to keep with you, to realize what he says. He said, so the word is God, and the word becomes our strength. God in the church becomes its strength to pull Satan to his own fire that he has made. So God has not given you this word just to look at it, but it's to partake and become strength to actually pull Satan across into what he has created to destroy you will now destroy him. That's the reason why Satan hates you. He really hates you. Amen. And so this is very familiar. He said, you have to train to meet him. You ever train to meet Satan? He said, because he studies you. He studies you to his advantage, to know to know your habits, to know your tendencies, to know he knows your dislikes and your likes. Actually, Satan has a battle plan on how to approach you. He's very organized. And he knows how to approach you and he knows when to say things and, and, and why, when to attract your attention to something to, to try to bring the, 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 the greatest defeat, the greatest discouragement that he can. This is him. And he said, now, it's like boxers. You have to study your opponent to know what his tendencies are. So now how Satan will study you is not how he studies me. Because you and I are different. We're a different nature. And, and Satan, like I said this morning, he knows our backgrounds and he knows our family histories and everything. And, and he'll study them. And he'll use them to his benefit to try to just slip something in on you to start causing you to be attracted to it. This is, this is his thing. But now you also have to study to know your enemy, to know how he fights. If you know Satan's going to hit you a certain way, you should know walking with God long enough when Satan tries to come at you. You should know by now where, where he tries to lick you to, to, to give you a shot and, 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 and how he tries to distract you in church. Right? How he, how he tries to distract your mind and, and to distract uh, how you approach the word. He knows you're not going to use something you're not hearing. He knows if you don't put value on something, it's not going to be something to use. 
And so, so he had tried to put things in your path that would distract you from, from using the word. Brother Random said a real good opponent will study his, a, a good fighter studies his appoint, a, a, opponents. He'll study whether he's right-handed, left-handed, lean forward, hangs back. Studies all of that. And if he's a good, smart fighter, he gets him a sparring fighter, a partner that'll fight just like his opponent for he'll know all of his licks when he gets to that place. And he said, I think that's a very good thing for a Christian to do. That's right. If you start training, start with John 3.16, the golden rule. Step out on that, get, and that'll get you on the floor. And then train for knockout punches. I mean, the reason we're here, the reason we even come to church is to train for knockout punches. We're not interested in sparring with the devil. We're interested in knocking him out. Knocking him out of our family. Knocking him away from our children. Amen. Knocking away that influence and, and realizing what, what hinders the growth and the increase of the word of God. We want the word of God to prevail. Hallelujah. To be strong in our families. Amen. You know the fault of unworthiness has defeated multitudes, millions probably of people that they're unworthy. And a lot of times that's doctrine. Uh, you, know, you know, Brother Barry, you, you're well-traveled, much more traveled than me. And, you know, you, you've no doubt been in places like I have where, where doctrines have been taught. Well, if you're the bride, you don't go to the hospital. So that, that'll hold a person in bondage to, to this fear that I, I can't go to the hospital uh, and I have, to, I have to stay over here. And if I don't get healed, I don't have faith. So now they become in bondage when Brother Branham, amen, if, if somebody could just release to them what the Word said. Amen, that the Word, you cannot put the Word in a box and say, this is how you got to work in my life. The Word works how it wants to work, and it may work counter to the way you want it to work, but it will work what's best for you. You know, there'll be some people there, they'll be praying for a miracle, and God will say, go get surgery. There'll be somebody prepping for surgery and they'll get a miracle. Amen. It's just God is God. You let him be God. You see, faith is not telling God how to do it. Faith is trusting God in how he does it. Praise the name of the Lord. And, and I think that's real good because if we know how to fight, no matter what lick the enemy comes with, we can tell him, this is where I stand. I stand in a, in a place. It's the word of God. You know, Brother Bam says that, that God heals. He heals by miracle. He heals by prayer. He heals by understanding. He heals by love. He heals by music. God heals. He said, but it's all God. He said, I think the chiropractor and the doctor and the preachers, they should all work together. But when you get one standing over here, say, well, that guy's no good. And this one standing over here, well, that guy's no good. Just means you got to just come to me. That's not the way God works. God works in a body. Amen. Amen. I'm glad to be part of it. <clears throat> Amen. And so he said, we, we should always, God always uses his word. And we must remember that God uses his word to defeat his enemy. If God could think or give his people anything better to defeat the enemy with, he would have done it. So you hear that, that God gave you his word. Now listen, take it off of your intellectual level. We all have that. And bring it to the place where the word is most effective, and that's in Revelation. It first has to come through your mind. But once the Holy Spirit anoints it and drops it in your heart, it's something the enemy can't take out of you. What is placed in your mind can be gone tomorrow. But what is placed in your heart will always be there. 
It may seem too simple for you. But when God speaks it, it's the actual answer. Amen. You know, you know, many times, many of us in our attitude towards the word of God is like Naaman. Naaman is this great man, and he thinks from his position. And, he, and there, there's a little girl made in his house who's captive from Israel, and she's there, and they must have treated her nice and, and everything, and he's got leprosy. She said, oh, that, you know, oh, that, that my master could, could come to Israel. There's a prophet there. Amen. That could help him. And, and, and they, you know, and so they found out about it. And so the king of Syria sent a letter to the king of Israel and, and said, listen, you know, thus and thus, we'd like to, you know, we hear there's, there's help in Israel. And the, and the king, king of Israel read it and he thought they was in a trap. You know, because he had nothing to give that could help leprosy. But what was in the word was the answer. You know, people can get all shook up when, when God is actually not going to say, no, it's not you that I'm trying to deal with. It's we need this guy to do it. And, and they brought, they, they, they brought, uh, Elisha sent word, said, don't, don't be afraid. Let, let, you know, and so you know the story. They brought Naaman over. And Naaman uh, and Elisha never even went out to talk to him. And here, you know, here's this great man who's a captain of the, uh, of the armies. And, and, and the prophet don't even come out, just sends, sends a little preacher out there. Hey, you just go tell him, you know, go down there, dip himself seven times in Jordan, and here be made whole. You know, so we don't like messages like that. We like the best. You know, get, get the guy out there. Get the guy. If God's going to speak to me, it's not going to be through you. And here the whole time God had positioned him at the right place. Right in the place of deliverance, but it was his mind. The Bible said Naaman got angry. He got wroth. And he, and he said, I thought, that's his problem, that he would come out and smite his hand over the place. And, you know, we got it all figured out how God is going to do things. And all God said was go swimming, dunk yourself seven times. So he got all, all you know, spiritual. Wasn't there better water over there in Damascus? You know, that's how we do. We try to tell God, this is actually how you should do it. Now, how many has ever been there? One guy. I love confession. You know, one confesses, then, then another confessed. I like courage. Two in the middle. Anybody else want to confess? You know, you tried to tell. Thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, come on. Let's just turn this into a good old confession. It'll help him. Right? No, it won't work. Confession won't work. All right. Well, there you have it. Amen. So, so I said many people stay under this place of where they have to be, that God has to do it a certain way. Satan will use unworthiness on a person. Here, take their past. Here, tell them because of what they are, they're actually not worthy to ask God of this. I remember one time in, 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 the, uh, in, in, in the Eastern Bloc, uh, in, in a very Catholic country, a man came up for prayer, and, and, and he, he said, you know, I, I just don't think, I, I feel like I can be forgiven for what I've done. And, and, and the Lord just spoke to me in my heart, and he says, you know, the man's a Catholic. Just tell him to say, say the name of Jesus. I told him, I said, you know, the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all sin. 
You don't have to go back to those things. I said, say the name of Jesus. The man stood there and struggled and struggled and struggled. And he turned and he walked out of the meeting. He could not accept what Jesus had done because he'd been raised under this bondage that he had to be worthy. And the only way he could be worthy is to do penance over and over and over. So he couldn't accept the deliverance. That's, that's, that's what Naaman started out. He had to hear another message. I guess that's why we had two of them today. Amen. He had to hear a second message. And the servant came back and said, Master, if he'd have, if he'd have told you to, to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? And he got him to understand it. He's just trying to help you. Just do what he said. And while he was dipping himself in the Jordan, his flesh came clean again. Why? He followed the word as given by the prophet. I'm here to tell you, it's not a word for debate. It's a word for deliverance. It's a word for establishment. It's a word for growth. It's a word of strength. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Brother Bram said that Satan's going to study our strategy with the word. And he studied it out so perfectly that when he came to Eve, he had the best strategy he could use, and that was to reason with it. Just reason with the word. You never want to reason with God's word. Just believe it. Don't try to explain it. Don't try to figure it out. You can't figure out God and He is His Word and it's made to believe. His Word is made to believe. And that's our strength to accept the Word. Our strength is to accept the Word. Amen. I'm not talking about equations and learning. I, 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 I'm talking about when the word is speaking to you. Amen. There, you open your heart to it and say, yes, Lord, that's the truth. Let it take root inside of you. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. So Judges 6. This is re- really right quick and won't hold you much longer. But Judges 6, the story of Gideon and the Midianites is also notable because it's the only time in Judges that a prophet is sent. And we can see why this prophet came. And the Bible says it was because of the cry of the people. That's the reason there was oppression there. Is God allowed it because of the idolatry amongst them. But then we're still His people. They might have abandoned God, but God would not abandon them. So he allowed this oppression, amen, to start turning their hearts toward, or their thoughts toward God. Because only the word can turn your hearts. But he's trying to get them back in the mind of God. And so they begin to cry out because of the oppression. God, I can't take this anymore. And God answered that cry by sending a prophet. And what did that prophet do? He preached Jesus Christ as the same yesterday, today, and forever. He preached about what God was and, and how he did and, and his great deliverances. He said, but you have not obeyed his voice. Amen. So he was a word prophet. You understand that the children of Israel, amen, were the seed of promise. You understand they were Abraham's seed. You understand they were living in the land. But they were in bondage in their own land. What a sad condition to be. History tells us they were so addicted to, to Baal that they carried little images in their pocket to pull out once in a while and kiss them. They were so addicted to this worship, amen, that they had to be in contact with it all the time and keep it close. This was a people of God, 
made in the image of God. A people who God said, you're the apple of my eye, which means they are the, they are the, the, the people of God is, is how pe- the world will perceive how God is. That's what the people are used for. Amen. You, you, look, at, you look at our Bible. It's given all by Jewish writers. True? It's what God has given us through that people. And so no wonder Satan attacked them. And they're living in a land that Joshua had parceled out by lot to them. And they're living in the God-given land. And they're living in bondage. Isn't that a shame? It's like having the message of Malachi 4 given to us. And living in bondage. Living under the bondage of something else. When we have the greatest liberty that man can know. The Bible tells us in this setting of this great oppression. When the enemy seems to be in complete control. They lived in the caves and dens and stronghold of the wilderness. Israelite people starving to death. Lost their identity. And is in the grip of spiritual amnesia. Forgotten their heritage. Their heritage is the promise of Abraham. And confirmed through Moses and bringing them out. They're in that condition because they did evil. It was not persecution for their stand of God, for God. It was not battle as in the days of Joshua as they're settling the land and possessing it. It is because of what they allowed to come into the land. Because of what they had planted in the land that was contrary to what God has spoken. And I think we can take it down to our own personal lives and families that if we allow anything in there that God said don't do it, don't, don't put anything in front of you that will take worship away from me and cause you to lose sight of my glory. Because we are to look upon, look upon the word as a glass, a looking glass, face to face, the glory of the Lord being changed from glory unto glory. Why is God, why did God say you shall have no other God before me? Because if you look at anything else other than him, you've limited God. He told Israel, you limited me. You took my glory and made it like an ox that eats grass. And the reason we are to look upon his glory is so we can be changed into it. We see in him what we are. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. So they're in that condition because of worshiping idols. But when, when, amen, a prophet comes and and begins to turn them, here is the principle of what God has done in our day. Is God sent a prophet. And when God sent a prophet, behind that prophet comes, amen, God himself. Appearing to Gideon in the form of an old man sitting under an oak. And he strikes up a conversation with him. And he tells them, amen, you're a mighty man of valor. Well, Gideon's a coward. Gideon's not a mighty man of valor. But God said you're a mighty man of valor. Amen. You know what that means? Because he was actually given him part of his own name. Mighty man is who God is. God joined himself with a coward. And the coward became a mighty man of valor. A man able to do what the word said. Oh my, as believers, we invite God to take control. Join yourself with me tonight. 
Amen. And, and all that I am fades away in him. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Brother Bam preaching contest, he, he just prayed. He said, Lord, I pray I might say something that would plant courage. Plant courage. That's what God wants to do. Plant courage. You know why? The first steps, if you study the story of Gideon, the first steps Gideon had to deal with was not the Midianites. He had to deal with his father. He had to deal with his family. You know, he, 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 tells, he tells the angel, he said, I, I'm the least in my father. He gives all his excuses of why he's not the man. God proved that he was God. Amen. He went from questioning him to being afraid because he'd been in his presence. I've seen him. Oh, my. You know, God can do that way. He can transform himself from an old man until you realize it's God speaking to you. May God do the same to realize that when he's given you a pastor, when he's given you men of God that will preach the word, may you realize it. God anoints that man to preach that word to you. But it's not the man. It's God speaking to you by his word. And that word will transform you. It will join itself with you. And whatever the weakness of your nature is has nothing to do with his nature. His nature coming in turns, turns you to a mighty man of valor. Told him to go back and destroy the groves, destroy the idols. You want to do, before this great victory, you got to overcome your family's worship. I think it's amazing. God wants to do it right. He wants to do it right. That's, how, that's the nature of God. He wouldn't even allow Moses to go down into Egypt and lead the people out without first circumcising his sons. Did you want to be a deliverer? And you have not even done what you're supposed to do with your children. The Bible says he sought to kill him. Now God's not playing with words. He didn't say, no, I didn't mean that really, Moses. Now, when you write this down, I sought to kill you. That's actually a joke. No, he actually sought to kill him. And it, if it wasn't for his wife, Brother Bram said, the angel of the Lord standing there said, Zipporah, catch that. Catch that. See what's happening. Recognize what's happening. And she went and done it. It must have been an argument between them. And that's why they weren't circumcised. You know, she was a Midianite. Zipporah. And, and the Bible says that God, or Brother Bam says that God used her with Moses' nature. And he said it must have been something on the backside of the desert when both of their tempers got out of hand at the same time. But we're not talking about temper tonight. Amen. Who wants to talk about temper when we're tired, Right? But it must have been like Moses and and Zipporah. It must have been something. I'd love to have been on a camel just for a minute, Brother Jonathan, just riding by and hearing them fighting over there in the tent and thinking, well, there's that man of God that's going to lead the children of Egypt. God led his children out of Egypt, you know. (laughs) That's the man that's going to speak to the storm and speak to the Red Sea and speak to Pharaoh and hear his wife saying, take off your shoes. You're getting the carpet dirty and everything God has a sense of humor, you know. You know, Moses had all these ideas of deliverance, and God says, no, just go get married. That's a whole other, that's a whole other, that's your realm. Just talk on marriage. Shalom in the tent. Didn't you preach on that? Shalom in the tent. Amen. (laughs) Yeah, you heard that one, didn't you? (laughs) They were catchy, man. Shalom in the, that's a new one. This is a tour. Yeah, in the Middle East. Amen. But that's God. God has a way of getting us to listen to him. 
Brother Bram said, if I can just get the bride to stand still, just get her to stand still long enough. Let me speak to her. I'll dress her. I'll get her ready. He's here to prepare you. Because he had to lead Gideon through these places before he could ever come to this great battle. It's going to take perfect trust. I mean, who's going to go fight a battle with a, you know, a pitcher, a lamp, and a trumpet? (laughs) Weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And not only that, Gideon, you're going to fight a quarter million men, but you're only going to have 300. But don't worry about it. I love how he calls cowards to fight the biggest battles. You're going to fight the biggest battle with the least amount of people. Well, thank you, Lord. That's the one I would have chosen. I would have chosen. If I could have chose battles, that's the one I would have chosen. You know, it coincides with my fearful nature. I love it. I love how God does it. Just like he taught Moses back there. He said, Moses, Moses said, you know, how's it going to happen? He taught Moses how it's going to happen. Throw down your rod. And it became a snake. And Moses, the Bible said he fled. It didn't say he walked away. And it didn't say he did a Google search to see what kind of snake he ran. Now, fled means run. You ever seen an old man running a robe? <laughs> God has a sense of humor. But even greater than that, he said, come back and pick it up. <laughs> I'm going to teach you how to trust me. <laughs> Glory. Uh, it, I, I, how, how is this going to work, Lord? I don't know how it's going to work. But you got to trust me. That's what, he, that's what he does to us is he causes us to trust him. Amen. Trust him with your family. Trust him with your life. Yeah. Trust him with your job. Most of all, honor him yeah. above all. We see with Gideon coming down to a close, Gideon, before he could get ready for the battle, God told him, you got too many following you. We're going to, you tell them if anybody is afraid to go on home. And we find out that thousands went on home. There were still 10,000 left. He says, now bring them down to the water. And, and the prophet said, the way they bowed and the way they drank water showed those who still had idols in their home. Those that still had idols in their home bowed to that water like they still had an idol. But those that, that watched and drank, he said, God said, I'll take those. Yeah, sure. Amen. See, we shouldn't, we shouldn't bring any of those tendencies into the house of God. Amen. Any of those, we leave them. We, we separate ourselves from them because we want God to speak to us fresh, real, and close. We don't tell God how to talk to us. We believe how he talks to us. And, 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 and the prophet said, you might think when things are going wrong and, and people are leaving and doing what they're doing, and it'd be better if I just read it to you because uh, I can't remember <clears throat> it all. But uh, when he got ready to act, he gave him so many thousand and said, there's too many cowards in here. And he kept on and honed them down because he got them that was that God had called for the battle. That's right. Sometimes when we see things going wrong, dropping off, and we've seen it happen, haven't we? He said, maybe God is just getting an army ready. 
People leaving is not, amen, a defeat. It's God getting His army ready. Praise the name of the Lord. Sometimes we see things wrong. It's just God getting His army ready, fighters ready. Because Gideon became ready to act when he saw the living Word of God. So that's what God will do is He'll bring you in contact with the living Word and then you're ready to act. When you see God in action, you say, God, here I am. Use me now. Use me. Bring glory to your name. Amen. Amen. As we said this morning, it could be that God will just hone you and get you ready for just a certain time to meet somebody. Don't, don't, don't work a job all your life and they never know what you stand for. Amen. Because the most important thing that you've ever been called for is with what he has done for you. And if you know that God has done something for you, he's called you out of the miry clay, he's transformed your life, you've got something to say. You've got a testimony. We just had a young man that, that, that works in, in, uh, in the nursing field. Um, there we have uh, uh, another, a young lady in the church working at, at a nursing home. And there's a young man she invited to church. Well, I think he came to church because he was interested in her. Sometimes that's the way God works. Well, he came and he was raised in an atheist home. He's on drugs. He's on alcohol. You know, every other word is a curse word. He sat there under the word, and as he began to listen to it, God just began to clean his life up. Things began to drop off, the, and he, just, he began to testify that the things I've done and I'm used to, I didn't even want to do them anymore, and I didn't even know why. They just began to fall away, and his cursing fell away, and it made his atheist mother mad. It's like, you know, that girl's ruining your life. Really? I mean, I mean I'm, I'm getting cleaned up from drugs and from smoking and from cursing and all. And that's ruining my life to clean up. That's what God done. And we just baptized him last Sunday. And, and he's, a, he's really a, a, an introvert. And he goes, I, I need to testify to the church. And he stood up in the baptistry and he began to tell them. He goes, this ain't even me. I don't even talk to people. But he said, I, God brought me out of atheism. He brought me out of, out of, uh, out of alcohol and, and smoking and free. And he goes, I, I just want the Holy Ghost. I love it when something's fresh with people that, amen, they become in contact with the living words. Oh, let, let it be fresh again to you. Amen. And if that's you, say, God, I just want, I want a renewing in my life. Can that be you? Amen. You know, it, when, you become, when you become dried up and, 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 and you start wandering back from God, amen, all those old things in the past begin to talk to you. Amen. But if there's a refreshing come, God joins himself to you. Amen. All things become possible in Christ to him who strengthens us. Do you love him tonight? Let's stand together. God bless you. Amen. We love you with the love of the Lord. If, if you would just say, Lord, I, I want a refreshing. Why don't you just put your hand up to him? Say, Lord, I want a refreshing. I, I want a renewing in my heart. Amen. God sees your hands. He sees your hands. Heavenly Father, we love you this evening.
Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to speak to your people, Father. And I pray, Lord, as as your prophet prayed, that what was spoken would plant courage in their heart. That something, amen, as they go about their days and their walk, Lord, that you'll, you'll remind them again of your word, Lord. And your word is not powerless. Amen. Father, it'll, it'll defeat the enemy any place, Lord. It'll defeat him because it's what you have given us. And you, as your prophet said, if, if you could have given us anything greater, you would have done it. But you gave us your word because it is the greatest thing. The scripture says you sent your word and you healed our disease. Oh, Lord, heal your people here tonight. Whatever condition they stand under, Lord, if, if there's something in their life that they need to forsake or, or, or be cleaned of, Lord, may they make their heart an altar tonight, Lord, and say, God, here I am. Amen. Touch me, Lord, with your fire as you touched, amen, your prophet or, or, or Gideon there, Lord. Amen. As you touched Isaiah, Lord, you touched his mouth with the coal of fire. Touch me tonight, oh God. Oh Lord, I, I pray for a renewing, Lord, a renewal of courage in my life, oh God. For as a man is, so, so is his strength, Lord. And I'm nothing, Father, without you, but with you I can do all things, oh God. Oh, Lord, I just pray for these people in the name of Jesus, Lord. Strengthen them, Lord. Establish them, Lord. Give them courage, Lord. Amen, Lord. May they have a refreshing in their life. Bless this church, Lord. Bless Brother Barry and Sister Becky, Lord. Strengthen them, Lord, and bless their ministry even more. I ask in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you, Brother Barry. Amen. God bless you, Brother. Thank you. He can calm the storms and make the sun to shine again. I know the master of the wind. I know the master of the wind. Yes, I know. To shine again Oh yes I know the master of the wind One more time And I know the master of the wind I know the maker of the rain To shine again, I know the master of the wind. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, the moving of the presence of God, it doesn't move the needle in the world. They're going to go right on doing the things that they're doing, ignorant and unaware of how close God actually can come. But when God moves among his people, it, it, it changes us. It, it, it causes us to be stirred in our hearts. And even though we might be tired in our bodies, it stirs in our hearts. Because we ought to leave here today realizing that God actually does watch over us in whatever calling, whatever station of life God's placed you. Whether you're a prophet or whether you're a seven-year-old ruby, it doesn't matter. God's watching over us. And that presence becomes something so valuable and so real. 
We ought to go out with a message that says, our God is not dead. Our God is not lost in history. Our God is present. He's nigh, even as close as the breath we breathe. And it's not the church, and it's not the preacher, and it's not, uh, you know, the music or something else. It's the presence of God that makes a difference in our lives. That's what we live for. That's what we love. That's what we desire to enter into. And, and it draws us. It keeps pulling us. And that's a glorious thing. I think we're a, an extremely blessed people. We are a blessed people, that's for sure. Do you believe that tonight? Amen. I'd like to sing that little uh, chorus again. We sang it this morning. I will sing of the goodness of God. Let's sing it. Jaron, help us out here uh, this evening to sing it. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me all my days. I've been held in your hand from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head. I will see of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful, yes. And all my life you have been so darkest days you've been close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend and I have lived in the goodness of God oh sing it now Surrender now, 
I give you everything Your goodness is running after It's running after me Cause your goodness Cause your goodness is running after It's running after me Oh, sing it now your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything, yes. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. All my life, oh, all my life you have been goodness of God. Yes, I will see the goodness of God. Hallelujah. God is good, isn't he? I'll tell you what, he, he loves us and he cares for us. And I, 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 you, you can't, if you, if you don't go away with something that was said today, you're dead. I mean, there were so many good things that were just so clear. I, I, was, I was thinking this morning, Brother Danny is saying that you, you got to fight with what God puts in your hand. And then he was talking about how that they were fighting in the Old Testament and their hands locked around the, the sword, right? On the hilt of the sword. Well, hey, that lit, that lit my fire because that's what I've been struggling with last year. My hand locks around everything. My fork. And... I, I was, this is a, this is the truth, and I, I this last week it was so painful and so bothered me after the surgery that I, uh, I I told my wife I said I'm going to call one of my my boys he's got a friend who's a physiotherapist and I was going to call him and go talk to him and show him and and let him let him figure out what's going on he's just not working right and uh, so he looked at it and he his first reaction was wow now when a doctor says wow. Or, my goodness, you know, that kind of, it does something to you, right? And he, and he said, wow. And he said, it's so stiff. And, and I said, well, what would you do if you were me? He said, well, if you came to my office, he said, I'd put you in a, there's a machine. You can put your hand in and it, and it, it, it blows a pillow, pillow of air and heats it up and compresses your hand and forces that fluid to slowly come out and then you can move your hand, you know, and, and uh, it, it actually lubricates the joints in there and you can, uh, he told me all the benefits of having this machine and I thought, wow, man, that would be, you know, probably be thousands of dollars and he went on to describe the machine and then it, it just dawned on me. I said, I got one of those machines. I actually ordered it long before the surgery to help my hand and it, it wasn't really helping very much but I said I have one of those machines it's, it's this brand yeah it's this size yeah and it does it does this yeah and I, I so I went home and I threw it in my bag uh, last night and I was tied up obviously last night but 
uh, early this morning, I got up and I cranked that thing up, put my hand in it, and it squeezed my hand. And, and I, 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 now I can do this. I don't cry when people shake my hand now. And Tyler, you know, he, one day we'll get back to where we normally shake hands. You know, Tyler, the lumberjack shake, you know. Yeah! But here I had the resources all the time and never knew it. I had it in my house and not even using it. I was thinking, oh, duh, why don't you use what God's already given you? Why don't you use what you already got at your disposal? And I thought this morning when he was saying that, and I put all that together, and I thought, wow, here I have it, and I'm not even using it because I didn't think it would work. Look, we serve a God who's smarter than us, and if God's given us a word, he knows it's going to work. You're better off not trying to reason that out. Just do what he, do what he says. Just, just take what he gives you. Just apply the word of God. And don't make it complicated. Don't overthink everything. Just go ahead and apply the word of God and watch what God does with it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Jesus, your name is power. impossible with God it was all settled at Calvary and I'm his son let me say it again this is the four things I live by God is good 
Nothing is impossible with God. Everything was settled at Calvary, and I'm his son. (laughs) Brother James, I'm going to say that again. God is good. Nothing's impossible with God. Everything's been settled at Calvary, and I'm his son. That about wraps it up. We're going to close our service tonight. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord today. It's been good to hear from him. It's been good to have the Stevens with us and just to allow God to minister to us through that gift. And that's real ministry. When you'll take your gift, give it to God, and let God minister through that to the people. That's what real ministry is. Real ministry is not me trying my best. It's me giving that gift to God and let him use that to, to, to minister to the people. That's what real ministry is. That's what the choir did tonight too. They ministered to us because it's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit just taking that and using that to bless us tonight. God is good to us. He is good to us. Let's sing that little chorus, I Have a Maker, and He Knows My Name, and we'll close in prayer tonight. May God bless you. And this week, there are several requests that we've asked you to pray about, and we want to remember Sister Ruby. We want to remember Brother Fulcher. We want to remember the people in Israel. We want to remember the trip to Israel. And uh, we, we just pray that God would minister to those that are traveling this weekend in a way and uh, pray that God would bring them back safe and sound and all the other prayer requests that we've given sister, uh, brother and sister Drum and uh, brother and sister Hughes are not here tonight and, and the many others that uh, are part of us and brother and sister Smith and uh, just praying that God would minister to all of those folks tonight. There are many needs among us but our God is never intimidated by the length of our prayer list. Sing it tonight with me. I have a maker. He bore my heart. And before even time began, my
glad to have been in the house of the Lord today. That's an understatement for me, but just from the bottom of my heart, Brother Danny, thank you for coming. The word today has really blessed me. I'm sure many of you feel the same way. Let's bow our heads and just approach the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, Lord, we thank you that today you've come by, Lord Jesus. Lord, and you've not just stopped in, Lord, on our place of worship, Lord, but you've made a personal visit to our houses, Lord. You've come by where we live, and you've addressed us there, Lord. Father, we can't put a value on that. We can't thank you enough for that, Father. But, Lord, we give it our feeble effort anyways, Lord Jesus, knowing that you understand, Lord, far beyond our power to understand. We're grateful, Lord Jesus. We just pour out our offering of thanksgiving, Lord Jesus, for the word that we've heard today and how it's ministered to our hearts, Father. We pray, Father, we just open ourselves up, heart, mind, body, and soul, to the word that's been given today. Lord, that in the coming week you could live and it could have power and be a light Lord, to the world that you've sent us into to be a light there, Father. We pray that you would just grant it to be so. Lord, for the needs that have been presented tonight, Lord Jesus, we just continue to pray, Lord, with your indwelling spirit moving through us, Father. Lord, we just reach out to you. We pray that you make yourself known, Lord Jesus. Lord, as a savior and a healer, Lord, a minister of strength, Lord Jesus, for each need, for each one, Lord, who's suffering in this moment, Father. We just pray for strength, Lord Jesus. We pray for healing, Father. We pray for your spirit, Lord Jesus, to sweep over each and every one in needs. Lord, we stand in need before you ourselves. May your spirit come, Lord, and have preeminence in all our heart and all our lives, Lord all our beings lord we just submit completely to you we give you thanks again father in the name of the lord jesus christ amen we're gonna let you go tonight brother billy and sister liddy have uh julian and caroline getting married as well this weekend i didn't mention that and uh, this coming saturday so may god bless you and the family and uh we'll certainly uh, be praying with you this weekend pray it all goes well god bless you as you go tonight, sing it as you go. <clears throat> I have a man.